0: Welcome to New Hope Community Church online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church: To know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Today, we're the title is Act Three. Act Three: Fasting, and we're going to look at Matthew six, sixteen to eighteen. And we've been in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has been calling out the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. He's calling them out. He, and he, we already saw how he has shown that they're false teachers. He contrasted their false doctrine with what the Bible teaches. Drastic difference. And now he shows how they are fakes. Not just with what they teach, but they're fake and how they act. They're just acting spiritual, but they're anything but spiritual. They're, they're a bunch of fakes. They're frauds. He calls them hypocrites several times throughout this passage. calls them hypocrites, which means... Actors, right? Actors playing a part. They're just with a mask on playing the part. And he gives three specifics. The first one we already looked at was giving. And they were fake with their giving. They pretended to care about people, but they really only gave to make themselves look good. They did it publicly, right? They're also with prayer. He pointed out that they're fake with their prayers because they're praying to God in order to be seen and heard by people. So they're really praying to people. They're not even praying to God. So they're fake again. And now he shows how even their fasting is fake. And we call this Act Three because Act One, Act Two, Act Three in a play, drama. You know, actors. And in this play, they're this, they're fake again. Jesus calls them hypocrites again. They're just playing a part in the final act of this 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 play that they're doing. And it's interesting that the first time that Jesus teaches on prayer or fasting, both right together, the first teaching that he did in the Gospels was here, and he warns against hypocrisy. Which means it must be a struggle, right? In our prayer and in our fasting, it must be a, a struggle. It must be a, a big temptation. But while he's condemning the Pharisees for their fast, fake fast—I'd say it ten times fast—fake fasting, while he's condemning them for their fake fasting, he takes advantage of the situation and teach them what real fasting is all about. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for getting us all here this morning. Some of us had a harder time getting here than others, but I know we've all have many trials and struggles and walls that try to keep us from worshiping you and focusing on you and breaking free of all the garbage in our life. We just thank you for the worship this morning, and now pray that your spirit would help us with your word. We pray that your mercy and grace would pour out through your word into our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's read this. Couple of verses here Matthew six sixteen When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So he starts out here talking about fasting. Fasting means to abstain from food for a spiritual purpose. To abstain from food for a spiritual purpose. It's a voluntary self-denial to help us to pray more effectively. When you fast, Jesus says, he takes it for granted we're going to fast. When you fast, he takes it for granted that the disciples all the way down to us that we're going to be fasting. It's all over the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's everywhere. Fasting. All throughout A to Z. Some fasts in the Bible are regularly scheduled, like certain uh, ceremonies or certain festivals in the Old Testament where regular fasting was part of those events. Others are spontaneous. Maybe it's a national emergency or a personal crisis. You see people just going to fasting through the nation, would would turn the nation of Israel would go to fast because of a, a catastrophe or a coming judgment or something. Nineveh fasted, uh, others, individuals in crisis. You see them fasting all throughout the Bible during the time of crisis. They fast. It's not a bad idea to fast just in case you're going to face a crisis. You never know what you could avoid with fasting. Uh, yesterday, I was did finish this sermon on Friday, and then I was like, Wow, that's I got to do more fasting too. And I was like praying about it, and I woke up Saturday, I'm like. I'm gonna fast. I'm gonna take off a couple of meals. I'm gonna wait till I you know take off breakfast lunch today. So I was just fasting. I an immense helping hand was on yesterday. And so I didn't go to the breakfast for other reasons, but I also helped me with my fast. I didn't have to sit there and watch every eat all that scrapple and everything. So uh, I now you know we eat at the helping hand. But uh the but I so I'm fasting and praying and and, and we're out working after the breakfast we're out working and we were doing chainsaw work, right? And we we're doing chainsaws. And uh, Eric, I was with Eric. He was sawing up wood. And, and three people, I'm not going to name, but three of the people, two of them run the group. Uh, <clears throat> they were over there working on a big tree, cutting it down with a big chainsaw. Eric and I were over on some little branches, cutting them up. But we were in a, a safe place. They had a, this big rope tied on it, and they were you know cranking it and trying to you know. We thought we were safe. They were like, "Go over there." We're over there. And so we're cutting this wood, and all of a sudden, I hear feel this wind. And, and hear this loud crash over the sound of the chainsaw, over Eric's station. We heard this crack. And we turned around, and the branches were like, you know, they missed us by maybe two feet. This tree missed us by maybe two feet. So you almost had to have a search committee, right? And, uh, and, and, and Eric and I almost uh, were in heaven together, right, Eric? So, uh, and then right after that, like, like three seconds later, I stepped forward to kind of get away from the tree there. And, and I stepped on a, a yellow jacket nest. And 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 also I feel stings 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 stings. What is this? You know, I mean? and I'm like running, and, and they were so helpful. Uh, Keith, just keep running, Chuck, keep running, keep running. Nobody came and help me, you know. Run farther, run farther. Yeah, and I got stings all over my, I'm uh, like in my hair, I'm like pulling yellow jackets and uh, and uh, so and you never know. It's a good idea to fast anyway because you don't know what you're going to be facing. You know, it's not just crisis you're in, but potential crisis. All right. So anyway. If I don't help again for a few months, you'll know why, guys. <laughs> but they did awesome. Ministry. It was super, super group. And uh, just don't be around when they have chainsaws. But, uh, but sometimes, it's crisis, sometimes we fast because we need direction. We see that in the Bible. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel got a vision and he fasted for three weeks, waiting for God to show him what was what was what was the meaning of this. He was looking for a direction from God. There's different types of fast. There's partial fast, where you just you give up certain kinds of food. In fact, i mention, I mentioned Daniel. I'll just read a couple of verses with Daniel here. In Daniel chapter 10, listen to his partial fast in verse 2. Daniel 10, 2 At that time I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So that's how he, he did a partial fast. Other times there's more intense fasting where we, we give up more than just partial. In fact, if you look at the yellow sheet in the bulletin there, there's a handout that you can take home and look at. But down at the bottom, the very, very bottom, it says Fasting. It says the limitation of what we eat for a specific period of time as we ask God to work in a special way in our lives and or the lives of others. And then there's four types of fasting basically in Scripture. Normal fasting, where you abstain from solid food. This is the lower box here. Abstain from solid food, drink only liquids, water, and or juice. Absolute fast is no food or water at all. Maximum length, three days for health reasons, but sometimes we're led to really give up everything for a little bit. Um... Partial fast—that's when we omit or eat only certain foods or skipping meals. You could just give up a certain kind of food. You could give up a meal, you know, on a given day, or a rotational fast is when you omit or eat only certain types of foods during designated periods. Like every Wednesday, we we fast. We don't eat whatever kind of food, or we don't eat meals that day, or we give up breakfast or lunch. There's no right or wrong way to fast. It, it's really, however God leads us to fast. There's no legalistic way to do it. But, but it. but it's a very important thing. And then it gives different types of fasts here at the, up at the top box. Uh, and you can read these later. I'm not going to go through all the different verses. But the disciples fast, the Ezra fast, the Samuel fast, the Elijah fast, the widow's fast, Paul's fast, Daniel's fast, Esther's fast. There's all different types of fasts here, and I'll come back to that in a few minutes there. But now the purpose of fasting basically if you look at the scripture the bible you see the the different purposes of fasting is number 1 is to deny ourselves we deny our body what it wants which which the body has all these lusts not just food but many many different kinds of lusts but when we give up food we're denying the body something that it wants a need that also usually turns into a lust right but it's a way to deny the the body it also uh, brings it brings the body it brings the mind and it brings the will into subjection to the word of god because we're we're forcing them to d- deny something and it helps us get back into what the word of god teaches and, and how he god wants us to live okay a second thing that it does is it sparks prayer When you fast and you break through that wall of of hunger and the the flesh wanting something and the mind wanting something and the will wanting something, when you break through, it's like breaking through like a a curtain or a veil or a wall and and, and all of a sudden you get to a place where it sharpens our spiritual focus. And it also gives us time to, to, to pray. Because think about how much time we spend either preparing or eating every day. Say three hours you cut those three hours out, that leaves you three more hours of prayer. So it helps us to sharpen our prayer there. Also, it creates a dependence. And this is really important what it does. It creates a dependence because it weakens. When you don't eat for even one meal, two meals, three meals, when we don't eat, we are weak physically. and, And it weakens us and it reminds us. Remember Jesus fasting in the desert? It reminds us of our need for God's grace. Every time we feel hungry... It reminds us of God, I want food, I, I need food, but what I really need is your grace. I really need you. I need you to help me. I need you to help this person. I need you to, to help with this situation. And, and it, there's, that's, that's what it, it accomplishes. And back on the sheet here where it talked about the examples of biblical fast, look at the disciples' fast. The purpose was spiritual warfare, freeing ourselves and others from bondage to sin. The Ezra fast was for problem-solving and overcoming obstacles. The Samuel fast was freedom of the oppressed, those literally enslaved by sin, revival, and evangelism. The Elijah fast was to overcome mental and emotional anguish from our experiences or situations in life. And each of these has a, a passage you can read and study on your own. The widow's fast was to meet the need of others. Paul's fast was to gain special insight or perspective there in Acts chapter 9. The Daniel fast, the first one, was for good health. It was for their good health. The Esther fast was for protection. Anybody need help in any of those areas? (laughs) Covers a lot of ground, doesn't it? And those are the purposes of of fasting, why God calls us to fast. In verse 16, back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus is back to his teaching on it. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. He says, when we fast, don't be like the hypocrites. And we've already seen from Matthew chapter 23 the last couple weeks that he's talking about the Pharisees that were teaching this. In fact, in Luke 18, let me just read you something here. In Luke 18, verse 11 and 12, it says... The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, and evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. He's bragging. The Pharisees would actually brag about how they fasted. They would like want to be seen, and they would, they would brag about it, which is what was meant to humble the flesh. That's what fasting is supposed to do. It's meant to humble us had the direct opposite effect on these dodos. They, they used it to puff themselves up, the direct opposite. In Matthew 6.16, back to that, Jesus said, they're just hypocrites. They're actors wearing a mask. They distort their faces. They try to look really sad, and they're, they're really in pain. Kind of like I looked when I got stung by those yellow jackets. They, they, they put that face on, you know, to, to show everybody. They would put dust on their head and rip their clothes because it was just an act. It was like watching a movie. It was just an act. Now, there's nothing wrong with displays of sadness or emotion or showing those things. But in the, in the, the true biblical fasting and reaction, it was spontaneous. They didn't map it out. They, they were spontaneous. Ezra, Weeping. It was spontaneous. It wasn't an act. It wasn't something he had to put on. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things as long as they're spontaneous and they're real. They're from the heart. But what was supposed to be between us and God, fasting, was supposed to be, supposed to be between us and God. They did for people to see. All of life is, a, is my stage, right? These actors. That they did it to be seen. Why? It was spiritual pride. It was for spiritual pride. It was all about externals. For the Pharisees we've talked about this it was all about the externals it wasn't about the heart and you want proof that it wasn't about the heart it was all external for them what did they do with Jesus they rejected him they crucified him they didn't want anything to do with him because they didn't need why did they really do it they didn't need Jesus they didn't need the cross they're alright with God we follow the law we're, we're living the life that we're, we're okay with God they didn't need him they didn't need him. Not like the tax. We saw the Pharisees' attitude versus the tax collector who was beating his chest there, and, and, and Luke, uh, uh, Luke eleven, you know, weeping and crying. They didn't need him. Is it any different today? For many people, maybe some here, maybe we've all, we've all been there, haven't we? And many people we know, it's all about externals. I go to church. I take the sacrament. I do this. I do that. I jump through those religious hoops, whatever they are. And I'm okay. Right? Chuck, mm-hmm. you're out in the street, you're witnessing people, they're okay. They're, it's all about externals, right? And, and it, it, but if you really challenge them with Jesus Christ, in our true spiritual condition, you challenge them with the true spiritual condition that we're lost, that we deserve eternal punishment in hell, we have no business being in God's presence. If you truly challenge them that you must be born again, that you must live God's way as the Bible teaches it, what do you get? <laughs> Kaboom! You get the Pharisees' response. And so many of us miss that. and We all were there at one point, right? We, we think it's about ex- externals. It, it, and maybe, maybe some here still don't understand what it means to truly be born again. That it's religion for you, doing something, and externals. Or do we realize, maybe you're just for the first time realizing that the only way to God is through the cross of Jesus Christ. It's through faith, trusting in Jesus. It's a relationship that God's interested in, not a religion. And that we have to give our heart to God. That's what he wants. The rest will follow. The good works follow faith. They don't precede faith. The changed life follows faith. And he goes on to say in verses 17 and 18, over there in Matthew 6, he says, but, wrong one. he says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you fast, once again he assumes it, it's wrong for the Pharisees to mess it up and pervert fasting, but it's equally bad to neglect fasting. Just as as serious, he says when you fast, but he says when we do it, he assumes we're going to do it, he wants us to do it, fast in a way that people won't notice so that you won't be tempted to pride it will just be whatever we do spiritually we should do for God and and so we won't be tempted to pride doesn't mean people can't see it or notice it Uh, that's in you know we've been around and around that sometimes you can't help that but the goal is to try to do it just for God it will be just whatever we do with fasting with prayer with giving it's just between us and God and God will reward us and people's approval is nothing compared to when God rewards us. But you know what the main reward is? And we've talked about this with the prayer and, and before. The main reward is a closer relationship with God, our Father. Because when we fast, it will deepen our prayer life. And when our prayer life is deepened, we're more connected to God and we're closer to him. And that's the main reward. That's the ultimate reward. Is that intimacy with God? That's the whole point. How is God speaking to us this morning? How is God calling us to respond to fasting? Maybe you've never fasted before, maybe you haven't done it in a while. I know it's a hard one for me, but I was really convicted by this passage. Maybe you could commit to just every week fasting. Maybe a meal, maybe a couple meals, maybe 24 hours. Maybe just start with a meal once a week and, and expand it, go more. Uh, on this yellow insert on the other side, there's seven suggested fasts. I don't even remember where I got this from, but it, it's good. One type of fast is a water fast, just drink water. And you can do that for a meal or a day or whatever. Another way is a juice fast. You just drink water, juice, vegetable juice, broth. A lot of you guys are doing those whole mixes now, you know, for dining. Just do that. That's another way of fasting. Another one is a Daniel fast, only fruits and vegetables. Um, Number four is a snack fast. Uh, We'll cross, we don't, I should have crossed that one off. But, uh, (laughs) good thing the Christians aren't here. Uh, The, uh, uh, the candy, the dessert, the snacks, soda—something, something that you know isn't wrong, but maybe something we we will miss, right? Some of you will miss. All right, uh, number five: the mind fast—TV, movies, reading, video games, cell phones, podcasts, anything, right? Number six: uh, these can, fasts can be done by a meal, by an hour, by a day. There's there's no right or wrong way you could do. One hour, one meal, two meals, 24 hours, or a combination of any of these five here. And these are just suggested. You could probably add a lot to this list, right? But anything that we could give up that would remind us to do. Well, first of all, what, anything that distracts us from our relationship with God is something that we should focus our fast on. But also anything that by giving up will remind us of our need for God. It will spark something in us to remind us to pray for ourselves or other people or something in our life. Maybe you're here today, and when we talked about the Pharisees being fake, maybe you felt a little twinge <laughs> or a big jab. Because maybe in our life we, are, we feel like we're fake. We're wearing that mask to church just like the Pharisees put on a mask. We know we're putting on a mask, and, and our heart doesn't match our external reputation. Maybe we've been battling God in some way. He's been, there's something in our life that's against God's word and we've been battling with him and we need to surrender it this morning, today, this week through fasting. And maybe we use fast fasting to break this in our body or our mind or our will in some way. We use fasting to break something there. Maybe it's a personal crisis we're facing we need to use fasting to, to, to fight through this crisis and to focus our prayers and to hear from God. God might want to shift us to a whole different direction that we're going just to, to be able to hear from Him. Maybe the starting point for you is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. It's not the fasting, but it's, it's, it's becoming a Christian. Maybe you realize this morning that you don't have that relationship with God that it's just been externals you've been depending on externals but have never given your heart to God and we've all been there every one of us here has been there at some point haven't we but John chapter 3 John 3 verse 3 says he says in John 3 3 in reply Jesus declared I tell you the truth no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again born again I know there's been a lot of wackiness associated with born again, but it's a biblical term. We have to be born physically and spiritually. In verse 7 it says, Jesus says, I'm just going to go halfway through it where he says, uh, You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. You must be born again. Every one of us must be born again. In order to enter the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says. In order to kingdom which starts here and ends up in heaven itself, in order to enter that that kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, we must be born again. It's not about externals; it's a matter of the heart. In John three sixteen, it says how to be born again. Jesus said, "For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son." that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loves us so much. He wants us to be connected with him and with him so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross in our place as a substitute for us to take our sin, our crime, our garbage on himself. That whoever believes in him the word believe in English could just mean in your head, but in, in the Greek where it's written in, it's a lot deeper. It means not just the head, but the heart. It means to cling to, to totally trust in. It's like a little baby when you see somebody holding a little baby, a toddler who, who clings to their parents when they're scared. That's the picture of the word faith. It means to cling to. And in our life, each of us, if we want to be born again, and be connected to God and have that relationship. There has to be the time when, just like we are born physically, we have to be born spiritually, where we say, God, I believe my sin separates me from you now and forever, and I want to put my faith, my trust in Jesus who died for me, and I give him my life. Have you ever taken that step? Of faith. That's what baptism was all about. Last week, I think we have a picture here. Last week's baptism. Can we see it? Oh, there we are. Okay, great. That's what baptism is all about. Baptism is an outward picture of what happened inside. When we put our faith in Jesus, we ask for forgiveness of our sins and repent of our sins and want to be dead to those sins and alive to God, we put our faith in Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes inside of us and makes us a brand new person. We die to our old self and we come alive in Jesus Christ as a brand new person. And when each of us are baptized, that's a picture, an outward picture of what has happened in our hearts. When we're baptized, we, people are seeing us go under the water and come back out again. And that's a picture of what has happened in our hearts. We died and we're buried with Jesus. And we came out of that water as a picture of us coming alive as a new person in Jesus Christ. Have you ever taken that step of faith? Let's pray. Have you been born again? Jesus said we must be born again in order to enter his kingdom. And just as we were born physically 10, 20, 30, 40 Years ago, whatever it is, we must be born spiritually. Are you ready to be born spiritually? If you've never, maybe you came in today thinking, I'm okay, and it was all about externals and trying to do the right things religiously. But maybe today the Holy Spirit is burning, burning in your heart. You feel the conviction of sin. You feel the pull of from the Holy Spirit you sense the love of God that he has for each one of us so much love that he gave his only son to die in our place will you surrender your life to him today it's no magic prayer it's, a, it's just a, your heart to God's heart just tell him you don't want to sin anymore you repent of that you want to be forgiven and you want to put your faith in Jesus and give him your life. Say, God, I give you my life. Make me into the person you've always wanted me to be. If you prayed that prayer of faith, it's all been washed away. Just like the people that have been baptized and they came out of that water, you've come up out of a spiritual water and it's all been washed away. And you are a brand new person in Jesus Christ. And you're going to experience the love of God in a way that you never thought possible. I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Tell me. Fill out the card and the bulletin. Email me. Text. If you came with a friend, tell them. Let somebody know. So that we can encourage you in your new faith. And help you in your new walk. For those of us who are already Christians. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe we've been fake. Or our faith has grown cold. And our heart doesn't match the the transforming power of Christ anymore. Maybe it's because we've dug our heels in or fallen into sin or there's something we need to surrender. Let this morning be the start of Prayer of surrender and commit to fasting and breaking this in our whatever is in our life, commit to fasting and, and breaking this, whatever it is. Maybe our commitment is to fast for somebody else, or a situation, or our country. Father, we pray that you would accomplish your purpose in our lives. Pray that you would draw us close into a relationship with you, that we would know your love and be able to share your love with many others. And I pray you give us the grace to pray and to fast on a regular basis in a way that would cleanse us and, and connect us with you, Father. Pray that in Jesus' name.